Hey, everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me right here at the Off the Bench podcast, meeting you guys at the intersection of faith and culture. One of our favorite people, Dr. Kathy Cook, is here with me today. She is the founder and president of Celebrate Kids, and she is a child development specialist. She's got a brand new book out, which I was thrilled to be able to endorse, called Parent Differently, Raising Kids with Biblical Character and How That's Going to Change the Culture. If you guys need some encouragement in your parenting, this show is for you. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, welcome back to the Heidi St. John podcast. Love, love, love hearing from you. And one of the things that we ask you guys is to let us know which guests you have loved on the show and who you'd like to hear again. And of course, we always get requests from my friend, Dr. Kathy Cook, and I'm thrilled that she's here with me today. Hey, my friend, good to see you. It's good to be back with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm glad you're here. So let's jump right into this because I was uh, honored to be able to endorse your brand new book, just a prolific author, and uh, you are really doing something I think is so necessary right now, and that is using biblical principles to provide uh, clarity on the issue of character, raising kids uh, with integrity, raising kids with character, and uh, this is something we're having a hard time with in the culture right now. Why did you decide that this was the time to jump into to a, to a topic like this one? Yeah, partly for what you just said, that we are having a problem. Even adults, right, are not exemplifying Christ-like character, much less biblical character. And biblical character is not Christ-like character. There is a difference. We can talk about that if you want. But there's a couple of reasons. One is that I feel that parents are frustrated. Parents are concerned. Parents are angry that their kids are not being obedient. And so they're like, stop arguing, stop arguing, stop arguing. And guess what, Heidi? That doesn't necessarily help them stop arguing. What? It doesn't? Uh, yes. No. Oh, my goodness. No, stop it no, right now. No, no. Telling them what not to do. And, you know, would, I think you would agree with me that behavioral issues are rooted in character. Yes. So let's let's teach character. Let's not tell and yell. Let's teach it. You know, we skill and drill the one, two, threes. And we, we state a rule and expect compliance, but the sin nature gets in the way. We have yep. to teach character maybe even more. Um, carefully and more diligently with more strategies than we do teaching, you know, the ABCs. The other reason I wrote the book now, and it's in the title, I want to empower children to believe they can make a difference today. Because you and I both know that when we have purpose, we have passion, and we show up. When, when a child is kind to a piano teacher, when a child doesn't gossip at homeschool co-op when other kids are gossiping, yep. you change the culture, and it changes the child. You find that peace that you want to live with. changes everything. Yeah, it's so true. And what I'm discovering with this generation of younger moms, and you know, I don't know how this happened, Dr. Kathy, but I have now transitioned into the the um, older mom category. Maybe it's because <laughs> I'm in my 50s. Maybe it's because uh -huh. I raised seven children. I don't know. I don't know how it happened. But what I'm hearing from a lot of my younger listeners is that they're struggling with basic things. So mm. um, how, how, how to get a child to listen to the sound of my voice and obey. How do we teach children respect? And you say in your book that it starts really early. So the question becomes, is it ever really too early to start instilling this biblical character qualities that we want to see in grownups into our children? Absolutely not. They're watching from the time that they're out of the womb. They're listening with um, pretty open ears. So I think um, we do it through who we are and yeah. we do it with our priorities when we make decisions, our, our character shows up when we make decisions, how we spend our money, how we spend our time, the kind of food we, 
we prepare and eat and feed our children. So decisions we make, relationships we have, how we end relationships. Do we do that with grace and mercy? Do we do it in a mean-spirited way? You know, do we attend church? Do we show up on time? Are we eager to be there? Is Saturday night, you know, let's head to bed early because we want to be really fresh tomorrow morning. The things we do and the things we say along with the specific teaching of qualities is absolutely something we can do from the get-go. And we're going to be better for it. And yeah. that's important. You know? Yeah, so true. Most people that listen to my show have heard me say this. I, maybe you've even heard me say it too, but I'm always telling parents, listen, you can't, you can't pass on what you don't possess. You can't give mm-hmm. what you don't have. So how important is it that the parents have the, that working knowledge and that desire themselves to exemplify the characteristics of Christ in their own relationships? It's key. And I, I would say two things. I actually make a, a pretty brave and courageous statement in the book because, you know, so many people say more is caught than taught. And I understand that. I understand that children are like wet cement and everything you do makes an impression. I've always loved that statement. But you know what, Heidi, I wonder if more is caught than taught because we don't teach. We don't Mm. slow down and teach the difference between disrespect and respect. We don't teach why patience is honoring of people. We don't teach that other centeredness gives rise to all the other qualities. So if we taught, like we teach other things through devotions and Bible stories and teachable moments and conversations, then maybe we would say much is caught and taught. And the other thing I would say, I think one of the most important things to be a role model of is the, um, implica- the, the consequences of character choices. Mm-hmm. For example, if you go to work and you forget to turn in a report at two o'clock, totally forgot, or you got distracted and worked on something else instead that you preferred to do, so you didn't get back to the project your boss wanted you to do, there's a knock on the door and your supervisor's unhappy. Okay, so now what do you do? Do you go home and you say, hey, you guys made a, made a serious mistake at, at work and I got distracted. I chose to do what I wanted to do, not what I should have been doing. My boss had to come knock on the door and, you know, call me on call me to account and I'm going to have to stay up late and work on it. And I'm going to have to work to build back trust because I feel like he doesn't trust me when I say I'm on it. Yep. Oh, and I just feel so horrible. So you, you model the effect that the choice had upon the relationship because character always influences relationships. And you can do the same thing when something positive happens. When you choose to be kind and other-centered and respectful and generous and all the things that we want, optimistic, then you talk to your kids about the benefits of that. So I think we roll, I think we model the effect character choices has. I think that's huge. Yeah, it's it's important. And boy, we're seeing it uh, all over social media and out, you know, these little clips that go viral. I saw a clip just a couple of weeks ago of a mom, you know, in like a little McDonald's play playland, and she was watching her three-year-old who had been, you know, another three-year-old had taken her blocks. There was a surprise. And the mom was encouraging her daughter to basically learn to be a bully as she, oh. you know, retribution was sort of the name of the game. And we got to knock this stuff off because mm. kids can really handle a, lo- a whole lot more, I think, than parents realize that they can. You write in the book that there are ways to determine if children's character is mature. Uh, what do you What do you mean by that? How do we do that? Yeah, I love that question. Thanks. I would look for three things. How complete is their character? So in my book, I've chosen 48 qualities and a baker's dozen 13. So of the 48 qualities, how many does a child possess would be one question. How complete is their character? Secondly, how consistently do they use the qualities? So are they patient all the time or are they only patient with their friends? Are they kind even when grandma is kind of has a critical spirit? Um, So am I kind all the time or does that depend upon the people that are around me? So how consistent is it? 
And then third, Heidi, would be how automatically does a child use it? So is a child kind even without being told to be kind? Is a child generous on a day when she doesn't have much or only on a day when she has a lot? That would be consistent. Mm. Yep. And do we have to say to a child, hey, why don't you be a bit more generous? So I would look for how complete is it? How consistently do they use the qualities? And then how automatically do they use them? Because that's the dream, right? That we can take a back step and we can watch our children thrive and have that abundant life that Jesus sacrificed for them to have where they don't really need us anymore to say, hey, make sure you represent Jesus well. No, they just do because it's who they are, not just what they do. Yeah. And parents are a huge part of that. You know, I've raised uh, seven children. You know, all of my kids. Yeah, I love them. uh, and we are, we're nearing the end now. I've got one daughter left at home, Sailor, who's still at home, and she's almost 13. And I can look back over all of my years of parenting. And one of the things that was the most challenging for me as a mother was that each of my children had a different personality. So mm-hmm. what, what might work with one child wouldn't work with another child. And I really started asking the Lord, Father, show me. How, what is the currency that this particular child mm. uh, deals in so that I can, you know, relate to them so that I'm, I'm uh, speaking a language that they understand? And I think a lot of parents struggle with that. I don't think I'm the only one uh, who mm. struggle with it. You say that parents can really uh, understand, they can get better at determining how their children are making choices. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, you know, Speak to the mom who's kind of at the edge of her, you know, what she thinks she can handle right now with the encouragement that says, hey, you you can understand how your children are coming to this particular conclusion. Yeah. And and let me first say, it is not always easy. So I'm going to make some recommendations, fully understanding that children are not consistent, nor are we, and, and stuff happens. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. But here's what I want to say. Look for patterns of behavior because no child is 24-7, 365, anything, consistent or inconsistent. We're not, you know, automatically good or automatically not good consistently. So look look for a pattern. Um, I I believe jealousy is a huge factor in in the home. Sibling rivalry kinds of things come up. So is there a child who's argumentative after you just affirmed her sister? Is a boy critical after a brother just won a game and, and, and this other son doesn't like losing? So he reacts in a negative, kind of a forceful way. So look for what triggers, because choice is the key here, Heidi. All character, all behavior starts with choice. You and I have talked about this a lot. Yep. All character, all behavior starts with choice. All choices are rooted in a worldview, which is why our values are so important. So why are they making the choices they're making? And I believe all character qualities are connected. And so um, jealousy causes maybe critical spirit. It does not cause compassion, right? So you look for, okay, what just happened? Hunger, thirst, fatigue are huge. Um, was, was there a sibling in the room? Is it math? And they, they're scared of math because daddy loves math. And so they're automatically fearful when you say it's time for math and your little homeschooled son just freaks out. So look for the pattern and maybe keep a written record because we don't lie in print. 
And it's so much to forget, right? You have seven kids. If you have two kids, you can forget. What is it that Billy did yesterday? Right. So maybe you have, you know, maybe you have a post. You know, I can't even remember what I did, what I'm doing at the top of the stairs anymore. I, mean, I go oh to the top gosh. of the stairs and I'm like, what did I come up what here a- for? I can't remember. I got to turn around, retrace my steps. Here, yeah. Write it down. Great exactly. idea. Exactly. Yeah. And you can do a post-it note on a kitchen cupboard or an index card and a golf pencil in your pocket or use the notes fo- function on your phone, but write down, then you'll find the pattern that it's a sibling issue or it's math or it's the time of day and they, they needed a snack and they wouldn't have had the meltdown. Cute. Yeah. I really do believe in that. Yeah. And you know what? I think this is these, these uh, traits go into marriage too, right? Kind oh, of sure. looking to see, you know, why, why was my husband, you know, grumpy at me or whatever? My, Jay and I used to say, sometimes we still do actually, are you happy at me? Like trying to figure out, you know, <laughs> like, is there something going on that, that we need to figure out? And one time, one thing I learned a long time ago is if Jay's hungry, he's hangry. He's going to yeah. be short tempered with me. He's not going to have the he's not going to have the patience that he would normally have because his blood sugars dropped. Right. Yeah. And I think our children are that way. And we can have grace for our kids when we start to look for those patterns. What I find interesting that I wrote about is thirst is fascinating. Did you know, Heidi, that and you're so brilliant, you probably know this. The body not is brilliant. Eight- no, <laughs> <laughs> the body is 80 percent water. 80. Our body is made up of 80 percent of our body is water. And about 78% of our brain is made up of water. It's a soft, squishy. You can cut a brain with a dull knife. Don't, I don't recommend you prove that I'm right, but it's, it's true. Why am I bringing that up? Because adults tend to know when we're thirsty. And so we grab water. Children don't know when they're thirsty. They don't recognize mm. that that's what they're feeling. And I'm pretty convinced that if you give kids, you know, six to eight ounces of water and wait 20 minutes, things will change. It's thirst. It's fascinating. The, it's the intellectual energy drink. It, it feeds, it feeds the body and, and gets us to calm down. So things like it's a blood sugar issue as well, but a lot of ADD, ADHD behavior can be solved with a drink of water. Not all of it. Don't, don't email us and say I was wrong, but a <laughs> lot of it is relevant to thirst. Really important though. Yeah. These are things that we don't think about because, no. you know, we've, we've got so many other things, maybe at any given moment, we've got three kids and they all have a different attitude and you're not thinking, oh, Hey, everybody should have a glass of water on the table. Sometimes we think things are more complicated than they are. And I do respect much is complicated. Come on. I mean, it is. Kids are complicated because created in God's image and he's not simple to figure out. Right. So (laughs) and yet, you know, I do think sometimes we need to slow down and we have a pattern of response when our kids begin to show irritability. Here's the other thing, Heidi, for me, I don't know about you, but for me, critical spirit and impatience are the two red flags for me. I tend to be optimistic and tend to be patient. And I, I strive to have the biblical character that I read about in the book. When I'm self-critical or quickly critical at others, including when the light turns yellow and it was, I was about to go through, it can be as simple as that. When I'm critical and when I'm impatient toward others, I know there's something wrong inside. Those are the two red flags. So I, I slow down. I'm old enough to know, okay, Kathy, what's up with that? What are you believing? Because beliefs cause behavior. So what are you believing about yourself? Are you more important than everybody else at this red light? Really? Your errand is more important than theirs? Really? So I wonder if we could teach children to figure out the thing that demonstrates when they're off. Watch for that. That's why my appendix in the back of the book includes not just the 48 good qualities, but the exact opposite of those qualities. So we can help to draw our kids' attention to the lack of something by pointing out what the substitute is. And you're really hoping 
that parents will take this literally and actually start those conversations with their children so that moms and dads can say, hey, I'm noticing this in you. And here's a glass of water. And hey, let's have a conversation. (laughs) Absolutely. And I've already had people, you know, I've had people read the book already. And they're telling me that it's a family book. Yeah. There are, there are discussion questions, but I've had moms tell me that they're reading it now with the husband and they're going to sit down with their kids and the family is going to choose the, the, of the baker's dozen, which ones are we going to work on this week? I, I know yeah. of a mom who's having a tea party with her three daughters to, dem- to talk about biblical character, to demonstrate to the girls, this is how important this is. We're going to dress up and we're going to have tea and little sandwiches while we talk about who do you want to be? I love that. It's so good. Uh, in what ways do positive and negative consequences build biblical character in children? Because I think a lot, this is, a, this is you know, I, I have sort of railed recently against the quote unquote gentle parenting movement. I oh, absolutely please. think there's a, there's a, I mean, yes, we don't want to be, you know, hardcore, horrible, awful disciplinarians with our kids, but I'm not a fan of the gentle parenting mm. movement because uh, parenting is difficult and sometimes it requires uh, us to step up and do a hard thing does that, that's not necessarily going to feel gentle. So I'm curious, you know, what do you think about that? I think I already know, but what do you think about oh. that? And uh, talk to me a little bit about positive and negative consequences. Yeah, well, I'm not a fan of gentle parenting either. And I agree that it doesn't, the opposite of that is not being critical and arrogant and a bully. But no, we have to do our job. And it, this is a ministry of hope and healing to our children. And we are representing yes. God Almighty to them in the way that we do it. So consequences, the first thing I want to say is don't rescue them too early from their foolishness. I wrote the Resilient Kids book about that. If your children gossip, they're going to find out that their friends don't want to trust them with secrets anymore. If, their mm. kid, if you have a child who lies to you, then your job as a mom is to call everybody to find out if she's telling you the truth. Why are you calling the neighbor to find out if you're telling me the truth about how you behaved over there? Well, no, mommy, mommy, I told you you I was really good. you don't trust me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I don't trust you right now because you chose to lie yesterday. So it's our job to check up on you. And after a a number of positive encounters, then we'll stop checking up on you, except every once in a while we will just to make sure, because that's our ministry to you Mm -hmm. to help you keep on that narrow path. So I think they have to learn the earlier, the better that their behavior has consequences. And there are good consequences too. You know, I, a true story would be a little girl who loved to walk fast and loved to rush and was very impatient. And she made her grandmother really nervous because grandma's neighbor fell and broke her hip. So grandma was afraid to walk for fear that she would fall and break her hip. And she wanted to keep up with her granddaughter. So the mom and the dad asked the granddaughter to hold grandma's hand because it'll help grandma walk really well, force the little girl to slow down. And when the mom and dad think the little girl, the little girl's like, I love loving grandma this way. And I can walk slow and it helps grandma not feel bad that she can't walk fast. So the consequences of her her listening to her parents was grandma was loved. She felt comfortable inside of her own skin. And it's a win-win. We can, we've got to do this, Heidi. We've got to point out the cause effect nature of things for our kids. Jesus had a, a really beautiful heart toward children. I mean, we hear this, you know, let the little children come to me, right? For for such is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. It's really children in the culture right now. And you and I have talked about this in other podcasts over the years, but it's our children who are being targeted in the culture. Yeah. I certainly, I mean, they're being lied to in the schools, lied to in the media, lied to on social media about their worth, about who mm-hmm. they are, about the importance of character. 
And we really have an opportunity to uh, to be Jesus to our kids. How important is it that parents really learn to wrap their head around what it means yeah. to to uh, to take responsibility, I guess, for the fact that they really are their child's first understanding of how much God loves them? Oh, yeah. The pressure some probably feel hearing that, but so be it. Feel the pressure because you've chosen to have children and you are an ambassador of the Lord to them. And absolutely, especially as we correct and we we um, provide them the support that they need to become yeah. more like Jesus, it's absolutely key. And yeah, Jesus, you know, back when Jesus walked on earth, children were the forgotten generation. They were not seen or heard. And so when the learned men said, who among us is the greatest? And Jesus called up a child. Heidi, yeah. can you imagine the men's, the men were probably whispering, wait, did he hear the question right? Yeah. Because there's no way they would have expected that he would have called up a child. And so, and then, you know, let, let's become like them, you know, and he allowed them to praise him in the temple. It's not recorded that he said, be quiet, be quiet. You know, when mm. the, the disciples were trying to rebuke the people and didn't want them to bring their children to Jesus, you know, don't bother him. Jesus is like, let the little children come to me. I remember having, you know, playground duty when I taught second graders forever ago. And I know this is a true story. I would say to the children, you know, I'm going to be watching you, but I'm going to be in a magic box and you can't see me and you can't talk to me. I'm going to do my job, but leave me alone. I wanted a 20 minute break, you know, <laughs> and I'm walking out the door with my 20. All the moms need to hear this. How do you do that 20 oh, minute box thing? Kathy? I, I know. And, and I, but then I, but Heidi, then I heard Jesus say, let the little children come to me. Like how arrogant of me to think that I deserved a break and a separation from, from the children. He was busier than we will ever be. Jesus has a more important agenda than we will ever have. And he took time for the children. And when we know the value of children, we will train them in righteousness. When we know that they have value, we will want them to exhibit these qualities because it'll change them and change everyone around them and change the culture. And of course, it's more likely that they come to faith in Christ much earlier. Yeah. And parents are, uh, we are our child's first representation of a God that loves them, you know, yeah. and he disciplines those he loves. And we yep. want to be be sure that we love our children well. And part of that includes discipline. And you talk about that uh, in your books. I love that you've written this, Kathy. I think it's uh, the timing is perfect. Parent Differently uh, is your, the name of your brand new book. Where can people find out more about you and the ministry of Celebrate Kids? Yeah, thanks. Our website is CelebrateKids.com. That's easy to remember, CelebrateKids.com. And we are on Instagram and Facebook like everybody else. And of course, you can also buy the book at local retailers and online distributors. But people who buy it from us, we appreciate that as a nonprofit ministry. It helps us a lot, of course. I love it. Uh, you're going to come back and talk to my VIP subscribers here at the Heidi St. John Show in uh, for happy hour today. And we're going to find out a little bit more about you and where you came from and kind of what makes you tick. But I really appreciate you being on my podcast today. And I hope you'll come back again real soon. Dr. Kathy Cook, you're a national treasure. Oh, that's very kind. Thank you, Heidi. Right back at you. If you guys want more information on my friend, Dr. Kathy Cook, head on over to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. I'll link back to her in the show notes today. You can also check her out at Celebrate Kids. And uh, you guys, this woman has become a dear friend of mine and I vouch for her ministry and her character. And I uh, hope that you'll check out her brand new book, Parent Differently, available in bookstores nationwide right now. Thank you guys for listening. And I will see you right back here again tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.